0: Welcome to the Sourcing Hero Podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero Podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Chandrinka Venkatraman. Chandrinka is the founder of Source Refresh LLC, a boutique consultancy that creates data backed sourcing models for subject matter experts, startups, minority owned businesses, and nonprofits. She's also the host of her own podcast, the Source Refresh podcast. So, hi, Chandrinka. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me here, Kelly. So I shared
0: very high level in my intro, some of the things that you're focused on these days, but sometimes somebody's journey is the most important part of their story. What else should people know about your professional background?
1: There are two things in my career that I'm extremely grateful for. One is that I've had the opportunity to learn different industries I started my corporate career in machinery manufacturing. I moved into CPG manufacturing after that and finally found myself in retail. And over the course of what what I call the segment hops, I was also blessed to take on roles of increasing responsibility across every leg of the supply chain, uh, from sourcing, Procurement to manufacturing and to merchandising, and you know through all these rotations, if you will, I this is how I know that my passion for procurement is all enduring. (laughs) Well, you know
0: what? It's it's nice, obviously, to talk to somebody who has a passion for procurement, but also to know that it's enduring, uh, both (laughs) because procurement is constantly faced with new challenges, but also because Being on an entrepreneurial journey comes with challenges of its own. And I know that you're on that journey as well as many of your clients. How does that help you relate to their point of view or outlook on the world?
1: So, my clients are mostly small or mid market businesses. And, you know, just by virtue of that, we share a lot of commonalities like speed to market while balancing profitability in a resource-constrained environment. But more specifically, I'd like to highlight a couple of areas where I think I've benefited from being an entrepreneur myself. The very first one is agility. Uh, You know, we've seen studies all across, you know, there is almost at least one reputed study that gets published every year that talks about how small businesses that prioritize agility see 20% increase in revenue growth compared to those that do not. And honestly, I can vouch for that firsthand. I started out as a procurement strategy consultant focused on profitability but over these last couple of years, the supply challenges that have impacted all of my clients' basic production capability, those have necessitated that, you know, I redefine my offerings to include other value-added services across the supply chain. And, uh, you know, the second aspect that I would talk about, uh, you know, that that's really benefited from me being an entrepreneur myself, is for a small business, establishing networks is so critical. And since I started on my journey, my own network has tripled in size. And this comes in super handy even for my clients because this extended network that I have is an easy way for me to share resources way past my expertise. Uh, You know, just a recent example that I'd like to share, one of my clients is looking to diversify into e-commerce. And luckily through my network, I was able to connect them to a digital transformation expert who just knows the nuts and bolts of powering e-commerce sites. And honestly, this is the best part of my entrepreneurial journey. I love being a connector.
0: Now, when we talk about that entrepreneurial journey, that certainly makes it sound individual. But we're also thinking about sort of the company or the organizational as a whole growing Based on what you've seen and experienced, when in a company's growth cycle, should they really start to think about sowing the seeds of formal procurement?
1: So the procurement professional in me says every organization must have a designated procurement person right from inception.
0: Yeah, day two, right? (laughs) Day day two.
1: (laughs) First you turn on the lights, then you (laughs) have procurement. Exactly, right? But that is not realistic. And- Good news, it may not be necessary, right? So realistically, a company should consider putting formal procurement in place as they scale up. Now, you know, scaling up could mean different things for for different businesses. So I'm going to just rewind a little bit to the basics and think about every area that a procurement professional can impact. The basics, right? Cost, quality, assurance of supply, regulatory, compliance, and finance risk, and innovation, right? If these are all the big buckets that, you know, procurement can impact, if a business is at a stage where any of these parameters become relevant, then I'd say it's time for you to invest in a formal procurement process. Uh, Now, I, I know this sounds a little abstract. So just to break it down into rule of thumb decision points, right? Like, like if if you're a, if, if a listener is going, okay, how do I translate what, what was just said into some relevant metrics for my business? I would say the rule of thumb decision points are supplier growth. Are you at a point where You've, you now have way more suppliers than when you started out with. And this is critical, right? As a business grows, their supply base must grow so that we can ensure that you have a diversified supply base. And so that would be a big point, right? Uh, so now your supply base has grown. So then you need to have a formal uh, supplier relationship management program in place, Similarly, with transaction growth, if you find yourself at a point where, you know, whatever systems you're using are not robust enough for you to handle the volume growth of your transactions, then you need a formal, maybe a P2P system in place. Uh, Another rule of thumb that I've seen play out in the real world is your supply chain length and complexity. A very small business could... Get away with just sourcing products from a distributor, for instance, right? But as your business grows, you probably want to start going to origin, right? If you're if you're importing, uh, or you at least want to go direct to source. When you start going direct to source, your supply chain length is going to increase, and with that increase, so is the complexity that you bring into your supply chain. So when you when you find yourself at that point you know it's time to bring an expert in so that you can actually get your category strategy right and you can actually analyze and understand the risks in your supply chain. And, and lastly, I would say it depends also on the complexity of the market that you are in. And I'm not talking about the market where you're selling your products, but I'm talking about the buy side market. How complex is that? Um, and I, I think that would that would be definitely one more area where you say, okay, if the market that I'm going to be buying from is extremely complex, then I do need to have a formal strategy in place.
0: Now, you've talked about a lot of different, let's say, business drivers that might cause a company to start investing in formal procurement. And I jotted a few of them down. So it's everything from the very straightforward things like cost and quality, but also regulatory compliance security of supply, innovation, and certainly especially procurement teams at very large mature organizations do all of these things in sort of the end-to-end procurement spectrum of work and systems and processes. But for these smaller companies, they have to pick a place to start. How can they figure out, because I'm sure the answer is not the same for all companies, how do you recommend that these companies starting up formal procurement for the first time determine what should be their point of entry. You know, is it supplier discovery? Is it contract management? Is it sourcing? How do you advise them to figure out where the right place is for them to start and then build out from?
1: That's a, this is a very challenging question, right? And probably a controversial one too, because as you rightly pointed out, this is going to vary from business to business. It's going to vary from, Their stage of growth, it's going to vary based on the the complexity of the markets that they are in. However, in my experience, one thing that I've seen fairly consistently is the easiest part of, you know, this this source to pay process, the easiest part to tackle, and the one with the highest value delivery is spend analytics. Um, You know, if you can track Every dollar you spend on your business, even if you don't have a procurement team, you can still run some very quick analyses and you can figure out patterns in your spend. And, you know, sometimes and I see this happen with my clients, right? Sometimes a business is so small that they say, well, I really don't want to do this. Like it, I know, I know exactly where every single dollar is going. What they are often surprised is actually, they actually don't know, right, where every single dollar is going. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do uncover interesting insights from your spend analytics, where you're going, oh, I had no idea, Um, you know, I was spending so much with this supplier, I knew they were important, but I had no idea what what that total, um, you know, dollar spend was. And, you know, I'm also going to say this is the controversial part of, you know, of my response, which is if you are a small business, don't worry too much about investing in a big software platform. Just first get started with basic Excel. Right. It'll do the job good enough if you are at a point where you have no system in place, right? If you don't have any system in place, I know it can be overwhelming. And I'm a huge advocate for, you know, let's just get the process going, right? Just get started with Excel. Um, And I cannot stress again, the importance of analyzing spend patterns when you do this right you will naturally like once you have a handle on on how your spend is going um you know who your who your main suppliers are what your key commodities are or what your key services are that you're spending all this money on it will naturally lead you to the very next step in the continuum which is your category strategy development
0: now, you had said at the at the beginning of your comments there that, you know, having differing opinions on some of these, how to build it, how to get it going, can be a little controversial. And I actually suspect that maybe your answer to my next question will be similarly controversial uh, because the smaller you are, the more important your suppliers are to you. And yet, in many cases, the less leverage you actually have over them, which suggests to me that as a procurement professional, you have to think very differently about who your strategic suppliers truly are. And I know this is a terrible practice for podcasts. But I'm doing air quotes around strategic, right? Because it's like, what does it mean, right? It's, it's so different for everybody. It's different by category and company and industry and company size. So if you have a relatively new procurement organization at a small or mid-sized company, how should you go about thinking about or identifying who your strategic supply partners are?
1: And air quoting it is absolutely right, because you know there are <laughs> there are different versions, there are different um, you know definitions, uh, and you know the the one of the one of the most common things that you really. Um, use to classify this is the Kralik matrix, right? Where you're saying, okay, these are my, I, I do a lot of spend with them. And, uh, you know, they are very critical to my business. So they are strategic. But to your point, right? If you are a small business, uh, you know, you you might be totally dependent on a supplier who probably has no idea you even exist. And even in those instances, I would say, A strategic supplier is anyone who can impact your business, who plays a very critical role in your business's success. These typically, again, breaking it down into, you know, day-to-day language, these are suppliers who provide high-quality products or services that are critical for you to run your business. They are usually reliable partners. They have a strong track record of delivering the products or services on time, at competitive prices, and at terms that are favorable to you, and usually they are respected in the industry segments they serve. However, one overlooked aspect of, you know, these kinds of strategic supplier relationships and one under-leveraged aspect is that suppliers bring in innovation and continuous improvement so if you have a supplier that you are your business depends on them and they are your conduit or channel for bringing in innovation and continuous improvement there you have it that is a strategic supplier to you now what another another big piece of this is does the supplier also view you as critical to their business, and for many small businesses, that might not be the case. It is okay. It is perfectly okay. It doesn't mean that a strategic supplier, uh, you know, should also view you as a strategic partner. It's in fact not even possible, right? So instead, we really look at, you know, um, how your supplier is viewing you is a function of the, the, future opportunities that you can share with them right the future growth that you may have in your business how does that translate for your supplier that's the key to you know building that strategic partnership in a way that benefits both parties
0: now you raised a really interesting point there that i want to pause on before we wrap the topic and that's that there's a difference between having a strategic supplier or designating a supplier as strategic And then having a strategic partnership because a supplier can be incredibly important to your company and they have absolutely no idea who you are. Or you can have a strategic partnership where the two companies really have to work hand in hand in order for both organizations to succeed. I think that's an interesting distinction that maybe gets glossed over in a lot of conversations around supplier relationship management.
1: That is absolutely true. Um, You know, oftentimes, again, you know, just just bearing in mind that all these frameworks for understanding your suppliers, they've all typically originated from larger organizations where, you know, again, it's likely it's highly likely that, you know, if you have a strategic supplier, your supplier also considers you strategic to their business. And, you know, you have a mutually beneficial relationship. This is where. That equation gets turned on its head when it comes to small and mid-market businesses, and you're you're absolutely right. So this is where we need to, you know, for for a small and mid-market business, really they need to be looking at, you know, not just who is important to them, but also understanding how their supplier views them and figuring out. And this is critical to negotiation success, right? Figuring out how is it that you can. Um, add value, or how is it that you can help your supplier grow, even when you you're not you're not you're not their biggest revenue generator, right? Mm. Um, and you know some of those areas are really innovation, right? And this is what I often advise my small business clients: the one thing that they can do better than. Any of the larger corporations is speed to market. Uh, they can bring, they can, they can make decisions at the snap of a hand. It's very agile teams. They have very, um, you know, very empowered decision making on their end, and that is a huge plus that they can go to the table with for for their strategic suppliers, right? They can bring come to the table with their strategic suppliers and say, hey, I have a much faster way to get you to market that's how that's how they become attractive even though they may not be their largest volume business for the supplier
0: yeah and that's completely fair now Chandrinka, as we start to wrap our time together i want to take you through what you certainly know is part of the sourcing hero tradition and that is to give you a choice of two questions and you get to answer whichever one you like the first option is what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you and the second one is, what do you think heroism looks like in a
1: business context? So I'll let you choose between those two. You know what I'm going to choose, right? I mean, it's the sourcing hero. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it might be very close, very close to um, you know, general heroism in a business context, but I'll, I'll specifically talk to this because this is very close to my heart. A sourcing hero to me, is someone who speaks truth to power. Sourcing is a very challenging role, right? It's the liaison between um, external stakeholders and the partners, um, you know, outside the organization, with the organization, right? So this is this is the this is the bridge that connects the external to the internal, and if this is done right, sourcing will not simply know how the markets are moving, but they will be the first to understand trends. They will be the first to understand risks, any type of risk. They will be the first to understand innovation well ahead of everyone else in the organization. And and mind you, all of this comes with having deep supply relationships, right? But if you're, again, like I said, if it's done right, Sourcing will be at the forefront of all this insight. The question then becomes, what are you going to do with your insight? What are you going to do with this information? Sometimes you are going to be in a position where you may find things that are not in your favor. And that's when, you know, you have to start speaking truth to power. And, you know, just I know this sounds again very abstract. But this is, I'm sure any of the procurement people listening in, they will know exactly what I'm talking about. And when you're presenting truth to power, it's important to not just share your findings or to not just paint doom and gloom, but to actually provide mitigation proposals. Like here is what I've found and here is how I think this needs to be addressed. And I I think, you know, a a sourcing hero to me is someone who will not just shy away, who will not just, you know, gloss over these things and instead do their part and highlight uh, what what needs to be said to anybody in power within the organization.
0: And certainly I can appreciate where you're coming from on that simply because I think, especially today, most prefer- procurement professionals need a certain level of courage In order to get their job done. If we're really filling the role that the organization needs us to fill, then we truly need to be sometimes bringing forward information that may actually be making decision makers uncomfortable. So if we're doing our job, people aren't going to be happy with us all the time, but in a circular way, that's sort of proof that we're serving the role that needs to be filled. Uh, So I think that's a, a very interesting way of looking at it And I certainly appreciate you being here today to share that point of view and to talk about your experience. If people that have listened in and would like to connect with you, would like to reach out, would like to learn more, what is the best way for them to connect?
1: So I'm extremely active on LinkedIn. Uh, Some may say embarrassingly so. (laughs) So that's a great way to reach me. Uh, I also have a website www.source-refresh.com. And of course, I'm the host of the Source Refresh podcast, where I interview small business leaders from around the world about their supply chains and their support systems. So any of, uh, you know, getting to my website, uh, tapping me on LinkedIn, uh, those those are great ways to reach me.
0: Excellent. Well, Chandrika, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening
0: to this episode of The Sourcing Hero Podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget Sourcing heroism is taking place all around us, every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.